Welcome to the Rebel Babe Cave, where we chat with amazing women within the worlds of sports, fitness, wellness, and business who aren't afraid to keep it real. Every week, we talk careers, relationships, and most importantly, the practice of self-care. Uncensored and unapologetic, you'll walk away from every episode with real-life takeaways and advice. No BS or fluff. I'm your host, Crystal Rose, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey there, and welcome back to the Rebel Babe Cave. Yes, my voice is still messed up, but don't worry, guys. Hopefully next week, it'll be back. I just feel like this episode is super fitting for this week. Now, I don't really talk about him a ton, but some of you may know that my husband is a professional athlete on a NASCAR pit crew, and his official position is rear tire changer, which he's basically like the Kevin Durant of his position. And if you don't watch basketball, basically he's like the best at his position and his entire pit crew, his whole team for about two years now has been the best in the sport. So they pit for Kyle Busch. He's in the Eminem car, if you know him from that, and he won the championship this year. So for those of you who know nothing about racing or who Kyle is, I promise you it's a huge deal. And this is my husband's first cup series championship. And I am just like, so, so proud of him. It's been such a long time coming for him. He's worked so hard to get here and I could not be more thrilled. And part of this whole winning a championship thing is that the picker wives, that's me and a bunch of other women who are amazing. We get to attend the awards banquet along with our husbands, which is actually this week and it's in Nashville. So we're just so excited that we get to dress up all fancy and celebrate this huge accomplishment with them. So the reason why it's fitting is that the guest this week is a friend of mine. Her name is Caitlin Vincy. And she's like deeply involved in the media side of NASCAR. She's a reporter. She's a host. She's just so cool to talk to her and get her perspective on things, especially in such a male dominated industry. So I hope you guys love this episode and Caitlin as much as I do. Caitlin Vincy is a television host and reporter for motorsports coverage at NASCAR on Fox. She currently hosts a pre-race show, Race Day, for both the NASCAR Gander Outdoor Truck Series and the Monster Energy Cup Series on FS1. Caitlin, welcome to the Rebel Babe Cave. Thank you for having me. I'm super stoked about this. I appreciate you asking. (laughs) So excited you're here. (laughs) So... To get started, we normally do a little thing we call goals, gratitude, and badassery. Okay. You're going to tell me, it can be a couple of things or just one thing, what your goals are currently, what you're grateful for, and then badassery is like something you're proud of or something you've done recently that's just really badass. Okay. Goals, I guess would say just to continue growing in my role at Fox Sports. I mean, I was thinking about it the other day, like I've pretty much gotten to where I've always wanted to be career wise. But like a side goal that I've been working on is I've been writing a fiction book. And I'm like, really hoping that this will get published and actually come to fruition. I've been working on it since last August. So that is a pending goal of something I'm hoping to do is to publish a fiction book. Gratitude, just 
probably really for, for all the opportunities I've had so far in my career with Fox sports and, you know, my family support, obviously, and with my husband and, you know, my parents and things like that. I mean, you know, I'm very grateful to have that because, you know, without it, you can't really do much <laughs> without the support of your family. Badassery. I mean, I feel like, well, this is sort of, I mean, not really that badass, but we recently did a Women in Wheels feature on someone that I had been wanting to feature for years now. And Women in Wheels is something we do with Fox Sports for our NASCAR coverage. We basically highlight, kind of like you do, you know, <laughs> strong women, obviously, in the motorsports industry. And we finally got Claire B. Lang to do her interview, which she's been a longtime host on Sirius XM. I'm sure you've heard her on the radio before listening to races. And literally, it, it was like getting a letter from the Pope to do this interview. <laughs> it took so long to set it up. She was very hesitant to do it, to like talk about herself. But we finally did it and it aired last week and it was really popular. And viewers loved it. The fans seemed to love it. Because Claire B. Lang, she's just been a fixture in our sport for 19 years. So that's something recent that happened that I was proud of, I guess you could say. Uh, yeah, I, that's pretty friggin' badass. So. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. So you're on TV, obviously, a lot. So have you ever had any like kind of embarrassing moments that have either been on the air or like that you've had to edit out because they were just ridiculous? Um, I'm trying to think. I'm sure that I have. I'm thinking, trying to think if something stands out. I mean, there's moments all the time where like, because we actually rehearse our shows before we go live with them, the studio ones anyways. So the ones I'm doing now, the race day pre-race shows and all the time in rehearsal, people like screw stuff up or say cuss words or just like, (laughs) you know, do things that you wouldn't actually want to air on the TV show. But that's why it's in rehearsal, which is a good thing. But like on our race hub show, they have this sort of like outtakes reel that they roll at the end of every (laughs) single week where they'll pick, you know, pick and choose some of the funnier moments that happen either on the show or in rehearsal. So sometimes I'll see myself on there. I'm like, oh God, why did I say that? (laughs) It is what it is. Like it's live TV, right? Like at the end of the day, you never really know what's going to happen. Thankfully, nothing too insane has occurred to me yet. <laughs> Wait, now that I say that. I always get excited when I see you on race hub. Like, yeah. <laughs> there was one time. Thank you. Uh, there was one time I used to cover motocross, supercross, when Fox Sports was broadcasting that which the moto races are just freaking awesome. But I was doing like a stand-up report and they were like flying by my shoulder like at <laughs> I mean, rapid rate and people watching on TV were like, how in the world are you even like still talking? Cause it, I could have reached out and like touched them. That's how quickly they were going back. <laughs> they were lining back up for the start of another race. And it was just, it looked really bizarre on TV. <laughs> seeing these like bikes go by super fast, but whatever. <laughs> well, at least like nothing. Oh, I've just seen so many things on TV happen where someone's just gets taken yeah. Oh, and it's devastating. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I got hit by a race car once that was like, I was standing in front of Brad Kozlowski's garage stall and it was getting close to practice time. And I was doing a stand up right behind his car, which was obviously parked in there getting, you know, adjustments or whatever, but they started to kind of roll it out. Like the crew did. I don't know if they were trying to screw with me or what, but I felt it tap the back of my legs. So I'm like, you see me like jerk forward on TV. Oh going (laughs) yeah I don't know why they did that to this day I don't understand why they did that but it is what it is (laughs) maybe they weren't paying attention maybe not works (laughs) (laughs) so in like seeing yourself on tv all the time obviously like we're women and I know like 
for me, whenever I see myself on film or pictures, like it's very easy for me to pick myself apart you know, with the store. I have to look at myself constantly. So I'm, I'm kind of over it when it comes to like technical looking at pictures, but yeah. how do you deal with that as just, you know, seeing, do you watch yourself back or do you just, what do you do? I, I do because they've always encouraged, like my producers and executives have always encouraged us to do that because it's the best way to kind of fine tune and fix things about yourself. Cause for me, I feel like it's always kind of a work in progress doing television. You'll see different things that you did where you're like, Oh, I should have worded that differently. Or I should have asked this or, you know, whatever it is. So I do watch it back and I have grown to be very hard on myself over the years. This is my eighth year with Fox sports. And I mean, yeah, it is really difficult. I think anyone who says otherwise is not really being honest because right. you can't help but criticize every little thing about yourself. And for me, you know, I've always been a very kind of like curvy, bigger girl. I just am. I mean, I am not a size zero right. woman. I probably never will be quite frankly. <laughs> I mean, I go running every single week and multiple week and I'm still who I am. Like it's, <laughs> it's just partly your genetics, right? Yeah. You know, I have struggled with that because it's always hard when you're like the biggest on air girl at the <laughs> Or whatever, you know, you just, you notice it because everyone's dresses are hanging up and yours is always like the biggest size, but I can't help that I have a pretty curvy body. And that sometimes can tend to even look a little bit, you know, when you're more <laughs> in town, you look even bigger on camera because the camera adds 10 pounds anyways. Right. So I have definitely, you know, struggled with that over the years, but you know, I don't do some extreme diet or anything like that. You know, it's just, I just kind of roll with it. Okay. I don't want to become obsessive with it. I've just sort of accepted this is what, what it's going to be. This is what I look like. And I mean, I've had a kid. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Which like, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen Caitlin, I mean, she's gorgeous. There's she's not like, I wouldn't describe you as like big by any means, but I mean, you do have a beautiful curvy figure. Like you have boobs. <laughs> Yeah, I know. And those can like work against you when you're on camera for a living because you just look so top heavy. Yeah. But what am I going to do? But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, things have to be cut a certain way for me. I mean, I have the same issue. So like if something's higher necked, like I'm just screwed. It just looks like I'm all just boobs walking into a room. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I feel the same way. Struggle. Um, <laughs> so you're still pretty much a new mom. Mm -hmm. and obviously your career is really demanding and your husband travels all the time with his race team. So like, how do you juggle all of that? I hate saying balance. I think I talk with women a lot about like, how do you balance it? But I know that it's different for everyone. So like, how did you find your particular balance? I mean, it's a very valid question. I mean, cause you know, as having a career and having a husband who works in racing, yeah. <laughs> racing is one of the most demanding professional sports. I mean, 38 weekends of the year is absurd. Number one, <laughs> but you know, when people ask me like, well, how long's your season? I basically say it's from Valentine's day to Thanksgiving, Same. <laughs> but it is, yeah. you know, and it is a long haul. And when the, you know, my husband, he's a Thursday to Sunday guy, which technically usually it's almost Monday by the time he gets home, right. you know, lies back. And when I first found out I was pregnant, our daughter was not planned. And so I was very, 
concern because I was like, how are we going to navigate this? Because at the time, my husband was still working for Furniture Row Racing, which was based out of Denver, Colorado. He was under contract there as a car chief. So we didn't even live in the same state while I was pregnant. You know, a lot of the appointments I would have to go to without him. I had to get the nursery ready by myself, you know, and when we first had Cadence, he could only come to North Carolina like one night a week. So it was very, very challenging. I would not recommend uh, that (laughs) to anybody else, but you know, this is what our life presented us with. So we had to, to figure it out. Initially, my family came and stayed with me for about two weeks, but once that was done, you know, it was pretty much just me. I had taken time off from work, but I only took six weeks. So it was a pretty quick maternity leave. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was back at work and we had to find childcare to work with our family so that we were able to manage it. But that was probably the most difficult time. And I don't really think I was very good at managing it because I just had a lot of stress at that point because you know, you're there with a small infant. You, I, I'd never even held a kid till I held my own. You know, I was not a kid person. Oh so goodness. I didn't really know what to do with her. <laughs> uh, what do we do now? Or what is this? What do I do with it? You're a kid person now. <laughs> I am a kid person now. That is true. It's funny how that'll, that'll change. But yeah, so it, it was very trying, uh, that balance in the beginning. Now, fast forward, Cadence is two years old. We have a much better handle, I think, on navigating it. Um, you know, my job primarily is Charlotte based where the first seven years of my career, I was pretty much traveling almost every week. I was a 30 weekend plus reporter on the road, but this season, once I transitioned into the host role, which the studios are all based here in Charlotte, it became easier, you know, cause you were like, okay, well I just, I'm driving into work for several hours, you know, do the show, come home. So the request for a childcare wasn't as dramatic. Like when you go to someone, you're like, Hey, I need you to work on Thursday through Sunday, every week for the next 38 weeks. It's sort of like, uh, no, you know, (laughs) because we don't have any family here. You know, if we had family here that it might be a little bit easier to navigate that, but without it, we had to hire people to help us. So this season has been a lot more tame. So of course the conversations have started about, Hey, do we want another one? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, you know, of course that would happen, which we do because, you know, obviously I want her to have a sibling, but we are mindful of like everybody's careers are kind of like at the peak right now. There's just a lot going on. The racing schedule is not really conducive for the crew guys to have a normal family. So no. And if you're, I mean, as a woman, if you're like the stay at home mom type, like, sure. I mean, it still sucks because you're basically a, like a single married mom. Yes. But you know, with you having a career and not being a stay at home mom, I mean, it, it adds another element to it. Cause I think there's a lot of women in racing, uh, racing wives that are like perfectly happy to stay at home. <laughs> I think so too. You know, and I think there has been, I will say in recent weeks, misconception that everybody has this like easy, simple, get on the plane, go to the bus life and racing. That is not the case. You know, the reality is for people who are truly working in the sport, it's a very different landscape for us. And we had considered the bus idea at the time because I was still on the road, but you know what? It's a colossal expense. I mean, not only do you have to buy the bus, you got to hire someone to drive it. Then you got to get that person a hotel room every single weekend and a rental car. I mean, it's, it's like insane when you, we really started adding them up. I was like, no, we'll just 
deal with out for now. You know, yeah. And a NASCAR nanny, that's could be like a, a serious business. <laughs> that should be the reality show. NASCAR. <laughs> someone needs to like, someone needs to start a NASCAR nanny business in Lake Norman. <laughs> I agree. They would probably do very well, actually. It's it's an interesting lifestyle. There's no question. But I think it is pretty challenging for people where both husband and wife work in the sport, which I've found more and more. There's not a whole lot of them. No. (laughs) No. I think it's amazing, though, that you basically reached what you call, I guess, the pinnacle of your career. I mean, this is where you wanted to go. And now you're here. And you did it all while like having a baby and your husband's traveling and stuff. So that's, I mean, if you can do that, then, you know, other people can too. (laughs) I do want to set that example. You know, that, that is very important to me, I think, to push the narrative that women can still have a family and they can work in racing and you can still travel. You know, many some of the girls who worked in like public relations type fields or marketing, they came to me and they were like, how are y'all going to do this? And I'm like, I don't know, but we're going to figure it out. And it sucks because prior to me getting pregnant, I'm not sure if I ever would have pulled the trigger because of what it's such a daunting task that it seems, right. but thank goodness that we did, or we would have never known. And you just adapt, you just figure it out. Yes. It's come with a lot of headaches and stress at times. And it's pretty big financial commitment to have that kind of childcare, but I mean, you just kind of go with it. Do what you, you got to do. Exactly. You figure it out as you go. So I hope that more people kind of see that and think, okay, like the possibility to have a family is definitely there, even if you work in a crazy sport like ours. <laughs> <laughs> really, it's like the longest, the longest season ever. <laughs> okay. So you're obviously in a very male dominated industry, you know, it's one thing being a TV personality, you know, media in the media, it's another to be in sports. I get so mad all the time, even just like watching football games. I'm like, why do I never have women call games? You know, why is it so like, we like sports too. We don't have to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hi. And I get mad when I see shows and there's like, you know, the woman in the center and the two men are having the conversation and she's like, it just makes me nuts. And, you know, seeing a woman like you hosting a show in a very male dominated sport industry, period, one is freaking awesome. So thank you for that. (laughs) But, you know, I mean, obviously it's taken a lot, I'm sure, for you to get where you are and probably a thick skin. So Mm -hmm. have you ever experienced like imposter syndrome during this whole process or as you rose up through the, through your career? I will say it has been very hard. I haven't really openly said that very often, but it is. I mean, when I started out too, I was 24 years old. So I was really young when I got hired Mm -hmm. at the network level, which, you know, is the highest level you can go in, in sports TV. So I definitely had my share of struggles because I hadn't really grown up yet myself. So I wasn't great at navigating everything that was suddenly presented to me. Traveling, you're making money, you're around, you know, this industry that can be really difficult, I think, sometimes for women. And it took me a while, I will say. It took me years to really feel accepted and respected as well. And, and, you know, I get asked about that a lot, but it just it kind of comes naturally that you should assume that you're going to have to work the hardest possible. I'm not going to say you have to work harder than your male counterparts because that's not necessarily true, but 
it becomes more difficult to foster the relationships with the crews and the drivers and the this, you know, male reporters, they can go out and have a drink with, you know, a team right. or go golfing with them or whatever. And it's, it allows them to bond with those people and help those people trust them more and establish more of a relationship. Women can't really do that. It, right. It's frowned upon. It doesn't look right. It, it, it's suggestive. So you have to... Especially because you're pretty. So it's like if you yeah. go hang out with a group of, you know, a team of dudes and you're drinking in a bar, it's like... Mm. <laughs> and unfortunately, that's just the way it is. Yeah. I don't want to say that it's a double standard, but it's just sort of a different expectation. I think that's there on the women because certain things are just not deemed appropriate. So my point is it does become harder to cultivate those relationships. You have to really find different ways to network with the teams and the PR people and, and all those kinds of things. But I mean, I do recall feeling like it started to become easier probably within the last two years. But like I said, I've been there for eight years. So I would say just within the last two, I felt like it was really getting to a good place. And I mean, I talked to other women in sports and I think a lot of women feel that way. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it's not just NASCAR, but sometimes when the garage is first opening for the day and you're standing there at the gates to walk in and you look around, I mean, it is hundreds of dudes and about, a handful, two handfuls of <laughs> girls that are usually there at garage opening. And it's just, it is a little wild. When you think about it, you're like, holy crap. Like there is just not a lot of women out here doing this. Yeah. And there's just, and there really isn't a lot of women reporters. We are far outnumbered. I would say 20 to one in, in terms of like media members. So yeah, it's been challenging. I think too, for me, you know, I didn't grow up working on race cars. My dad wasn't a driver. My brother's not a crew chief. You know, I had to learn everything from the ground up. And, and let's be serious. Like race cars are complicated. Yeah. <laughs> the intricacies of the mechanical side of racing is not easy. And I still felt like I struggled with that a lot. Even when I was on pit road, you know, calling pit stops and things like that. I was always kind of envious of some of my counterparts who were former drivers because they could just eyeball something with the, the way the truck was reacting reacting or the car was reacting and they would know, Oh, he's dealing with this in the car. Oh, he has this going on. And I didn't have that experience to lean back on it and have that, that knowledge. So that part was pretty, pretty challenging this season. Since I've been in the host role, I feel like that role has really suited me not only as an on-camera person, but just that role within the racing television space. And, you know, I do have moments where I'll sit at the desk, you know, I was solo host and it's like Larry McReynolds, Jamie McMurray, Bobby Labonte, Regan Smith on the desk with me. And you're like, holy shit, like, this is pretty cool. This is amazing. You know, yeah. these, these are people I watched almost my entire life, whether they were crew chiefing, racing analysts on a show. So I never, ever take those moments for granted because this was all I ever wanted to do from a teenage year, you know, on. So sometimes you sit there on the desk with such big personalities and so right. much experience behind those guys. And it is a little bit surreal. And I feel very privileged to be the one that gets to do that with them. So this season has been amazing. I'm really happy with the way this year has gone, but it definitely, it has had its share of challenges leading up to this point. <laughs> yeah. Cause this is new. This new role of yours is super new. I'm seeing yeah. your, your hair and makeup done now. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like I never had this before. You know, when you're in the field, like you have to learn again, like not only do you have to know racing, but you also have to know how to dress yourself, how to do your makeup. 
to your hair for TV. It is a lot, you know? And I just think it's so funny now in the studio, you know, the makeup girls be like, I'm so sorry. It's taking extra long today. (laughs) Oh my God. I was like, I don't care at all. This is so nice for me to just (laughs) sit in a chair and get my makeup done. (laughs) Like, cause when you're on the road, like you're pounding the pavement, you're on pit road. I was pregnant eight months in the dead heat of summer in August, you know, talking about race cars, breathing in fumes. So, I mean, it's totally different environment being in the studio versus being in the elements per se. Right. Your (laughs) face is melting off and (laughs) it's just, well, you know, I mean, like you go to races, like in the summer, it's pretty atmosphere it can be yeah that's why people are like oh do you go to all the races I'm like no No. (laughs) why would I do that (laughs) that sounds awful no watch it are you going to Charlotte though no no okay I wasn't sure (laughs) no 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 it's fine I go to like the I mean I went to Sonoma that's where I met you because I'm like oh wine and they'll fly me out cool yeah Um, and then, like, obviously, if we're in the championship, I'll go to Homestead because sure. we'll that happen if it goes down. But, yeah. no, I mean, I guess if I wasn't so busy, I'd probably <laughs> try to. You know, I thought maybe with it being in Charlotte, you might. But I know. I used to. I used to. But it's like, it's just, ugh. Once you've seen one, you've kind of seen them all. <laughs> You know, I mean, especially I'm not a driver wife, so I can't climb up on top of the old <laughs> box and look down upon everyone, you know, like that's, I don't get to do that. And there's, especially, you know, he's on a good car, so there's so many sponsors. Right, totally. For that, So it's more of like, okay, I'm basically watching the TV on the back of the pit box because we are a good team, so there is a TV on the back of the pit box. <laughs> And I get to see my man hop over the wall and then hop back. And that's, yeah, I'm like, I'll watch it from the comfort of. <laughs> totally get that. Well, I want to brag on y'all's team for a minute because your yeah. pit crew that your husband is on freaking delivers every single week. It's unbelievable. We get the stat sheets, every <laughs> week, you know, on the stops and the this and that. And they're amazing. So for yeah. those listening, her husband and <laughs> they are total bad asses together they are they are amazing it's funny because he came home and he was like yeah nascar has different they're gonna say that chase elliott's team's better but faster but i guess like when they've people are probably like this is so boring but (laughs) but (laughs) i guess when chase elliott's like when he wrecks like he wrecks and he's out Whereas, yeah. you know, Kyle, they're like banging fenders and, and yes. getting them back out. So their pit stops are longer. Those damaged pit stops are longer as opposed to... That should yeah. be part of the... Yeah. <laughs> so when they're really going over the data, like those are thrown out, like when his company is, but... Yes. Yeah. Okay. What are you going to do? So, but they are, they are... Amazing. He's so good. I'm so proud of him. <laughs> Awesome. And I'm always watching the pit, like you were saying, the drivers that, you know, they know what's going on. Like, I know when he misses lug nuts. I know when he, I count them. I know when. You missed um, one. (laughs) Or I'll be like, oh man, do you see the number? Blah, blah, blah. Like, he hit like such a hanger on that one. That's stupid. (laughs) I'm like, I'm, I know too much about this. I can. I can have that full 45 minute conversation with my dad about NASCAR. That's awesome though. I mean, you're involved in what your husband's doing. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> so this was something you, like you said, since a teen, like this is yeah. what you wanted to do. So what the hell sparked that if you didn't have any family in racing? 
Yeah. So oddly enough, like my parents have home videos of me, like doing the news at 12 years old. Like, I don't know if I just had this fascination with watching the news or what. So I, I already had interest in like on camera from a pretty young age. But when I was in college at Christopher Newport University, I decided, no, I don't want to do news. I want to do sports. You know, I don't want to talk about like murders and stuff on the news. I would rather do like sports action. So I happened to go to a race with some group of friends because Richmond Raceway wasn't that far from my college. And I just, I loved it, right? I just thought this was such a unique sport. We ended up having garage passes too. So I got to see everything up close. I was like, this is pretty, pretty damn cool. I think that changes it for people getting to go into the pits because like most people who aren't like, you know, yeah, like <laughs> NASCAR people. That's what they think. They think that's you know. But when they get to go in the garage, they're like, "Oh wow, I didn't realize there's so much that goes into this." There is, and I was totally fascinated by it. I mean, I really was. And I just thought to myself, okay, I think I want to pursue this sport specifically. And I think I thought in my head, okay, if I can make it as a journalist in racing, I will feel like I've truly accomplished something because I didn't know jack about racing going into it. Yeah. So from that point forward, I pretty much dedicated myself to this goal. So I started writing a NASCAR column for my university paper. I did an internship in a news station, a local one with the, you know, focus in sports. I did that. I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina for a summer for an internship in PR with, with a racing series called the USAR Pro Cup Series at the time. So I did that for a summer. I also interned for my university in the athletic communications department where you actually was a paid internship and you got to like work all the games, help score them, help do the write-ups for the different team sports at the university. So I always encourage college students whenever they ask me for advice, make the most of your college. Don't just go and get a degree, like find out about internships that you can do because they're so valuable because they give you experience right out of school. Yeah. Just showing an employer, Hey, I got a degree. It's really not enough. Like they want to see firsthand that you did something while you were in school. And if you do those internships, sometimes you can get paid. Most times you get college credit it's a great avenue also to make connections. So I started doing those things, you know, at 18. And it was really helpful for me once I graduated because there happened to be an opening for a reporter and a host at Langley Speedway in Hampton, Virginia, which is a small short track in Virginia, grassroots racing. And I made a hundred dollars a weekend (laughs) with this gig, but it was fantastic. An opportunity to talk about racing on camera And um, like Chase Elliott came through there. Bubba Wallace came through that track when they were racing in the NASCAR Canon Pro Series. So, you know, you met a lot of the future stars of our sport and you kind of grew up with them together. And Langley was just a really great platform for me to start my career. And I'm proud of that background because I think people respect that. They respect that you sort of started out at that really small local level. You know, it's not just drivers that start out in grassroots. Media members do as well. But when I didn't know for sure if I was going to have a second year as the Langley Speedway reporter, I kind of panicked because I was like, great, like, what if we don't do this show again next season? You know, what am I going to do? How can I keep talking about racing on camera? So I decided to buy a green screen and a little lighting kit. And I started filming these NASCAR reports from the my house, which sounds totally creepy. Like the woman in the basement talking about NASCAR. so cute though. (laughs) I posted them to YouTube and like NASCAR Illustrated saw them and started putting them on their website. 
So then my work was all of a sudden next to like Bob Pockris and like really respected journalists because they thought, oh, this is something kind of unique and different. And so all of these things helped me compile a demo reel that I eventually kept sending to Speed Channel. At the time, we were Speed Channel before we transitioned to Fox Sports 1. And they finally, they hired me (laughs) when I was 24. But I looked back at that demo and I was like, I really wasn't very good. But I guess they just believed. (laughs) They were like... Stop bothering us. We'll hire you. (laughs) Hi, um, I have my demo again. (laughs) I have an updated one. (laughs) To this day, I still have like the voicemail on my phone from the executive at Fox that decided to put me on camera. Like I'll never delete that because it was such a pivotal moment in my entire life that I just, I want to hang on to it forever. That is amazing. I mean, from doing that in your base, because like that is just, that's work, man. You know, that's work that no one told you to do. And yeah. you're just like, this is what I want to do. I'm going to do it. And at the time, you know, the social media landscape was really coming along, you know, yeah. and YouTube and Twitter and all that stuff was a great, easy way to self promote your work. So, you know, I really utilized that kind of space because it was so easy for people to see your stuff or you can yeah. send it to people or tag people and they're like, who's this girl? Oh, look at her page. You know, so that's something that, you know, wasn't really offered to people years ago. They didn't really have that same avenue to go down, but it really did help springboard my career quite a bit. Very smart. Like, <laughs> like that's really smart. I didn't even... I'd never even thought of like social media for that, like for any, you know, putting myself out there for the longest time until it was like too late. And I'm like, man, <laughs> man, I uh, missed that boat. <laughs> yeah. We had to start our accounts actually for a college course. Like that's how we had to get a Twitter for a college course. Wow. Otherwise, I don't know when I would have like signed up for it. So it just kind of worked out that I was familiar with it and, you know, had been using it for a college course. That's pretty amazing. So you are obviously like you reached this level that you've always wanted to reach. So like now what though? Like you're done. <laughs> We're done. Not I quit. I'm right off to the sunset. Um, <laughs> there's still quite a few, I guess, boxes I would like to check. I mean, so I'm hosting the pre-race show for the cup series right now, but this is the NBC portion of the season. Like I would love to do it the first half of the year when Fox is doing all the races. Yeah. That would be pretty neat for me. It would be, you know, something a little bit different, but yeah, I mean, it's just, I truly was just thinking this the other day. I'm like, what else do you want to do? And I mean, I do want to publish this book. I really have worked hard on this book, believe it or not. I want to read it. I want to, seriously, I write fiction and I write nonfiction. So I would die. Yes, I would die. I'll have to send you the manuscript. Please, because I'm a a critiquer. I'm good at like giving good feedback, not the like, I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. It was good. It was good. I didn't really like it, you know, like... (laughs) Well, then I'll have to send it to you. It is more of like the crime suspense genre, if you will. Yeah, I love that. Killer. I'm always looking for another book to read too. I'm an animal when it comes to reading. And then Same I'm like, <laughs> okay, that's on the list of things that I, I would love to actually see that happen because yeah. I've been a reader my entire life. And when I started this process of writing the book, and I started really paying more attention to authors, a lot of them were journalists first. And I did not realize that how oh, many wow. of them 
had worked in journalism, whether they, you know, worked in TV or wrote for magazines or things like that, because the skill set is somewhat similar. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people write their own, write their own stuff. I mean, you had to write your own stuff when you were (laughs) with your green screen in your basement. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's really cool. I mean, that's a very different, you know, in some respect. I mean, it's not, you're still in putting yourself out there in front of people, but not so much. It's more of like, here are my ideas and my thoughts, which is very different. It is kind of scary to put yourself out there. You're like, well, what if this is a colossal failure and people hate this book? Right. Also don't, I don't have a publisher yet. I haven't even sent it to anybody yet. So I've been looking around at different literary agencies that, you know, have books that were similar to what I'm writing because Mm -hmm. that's sort of how it works. But I did have, I have one in mind and it's the same publisher that was responsible for like Gone Girl. And they have an agent under their umbrella who's actually from North Carolina. And my book is based in Charlotte, of course. Yeah. Right about what you know. And so <laughs> this would be a perfect pairing if I could get this chick on board with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we shall see. I will keep you updated on it. Yeah, I definitely am. We'll have to have you back when you're like this famous author. And I'm <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Amazing. All right. So I like to close things out with a quote. So is there a quote that you've been kind of feeling recently or like just something that you live by that you can share with us? You know, this is maybe cheesy, but it truly is one of my favorite quotes. And it's from the movie Ferris Bueller. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen it? Please tell me you've seen Ferris Bueller. Okay. Um, (laughs) Ferris Bueller's day off. I apologize. That's the full name. But he's... (laughs) quote at the very end he says life moves pretty fast if you don't stop and take a look once in a while you could miss it and it's true like I totally believe that I total that really resonates with me that it does move fast especially when you work in racing and you're traveling 30 something it is very fast and like we just you know my husband and I were getting better at just kind of stopping and enjoying the little moments and time with our family and like you'll never get that back you know, Cadence will only be a little girl for so long in her life. You know, we really want to make sure, you know, that you, you enjoy it, the ride as it's going. It's easy to just kind of keep focusing on that next goal, that next thing, that next race, that next whatever. But I do want to just kind of savor those moments as they go along. I love that. Yeah. Being present is I think really hard for most of us, especially us high achievers. It's really hard. It's hard to be be in the moment and enjoy it. So I love that. I think that's great. You're always thinking about what's next. Like you're always focusing on your next goal or your next thing you're trying to do. And to do <laughs> media has sort of made it even harder to be present because you're always like capturing it, yeah. to it. But are you really like living in the moment or, you know what I'm saying? Like it is a hard balance, I think, honestly. It is. You get better at it. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> awesome thank you so much for doing this i love and adore you i so appreciate you yes likewise so much good stuff to say people are gonna love love meeting you (laughs) i'm really excited yeah i appreciate you having me on and i would really like to spend time with you outside of the screens here yeah (laughs) that happen you know racing lives is over now and you can't watch 
<laughs> until season two. Oh, let's hope that doesn't happen. Where can people find you, Caitlin? <laughs> uh, they can find me on social media, on Twitter uh, at Caitlin Vinci, my name, and on Instagram at Caitlin underscore Vinci. Also on my website, which is just CaitlinVinci.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Rebel Babe Kate. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to subscribe and we'd love it if you left a review. See you next week.